The Things We All Carry is a podcast about first responders and their stories surrounding trauma on the job. The intention of this podcast is to raise awareness and share meaningful conversation around a subject often viewed as taboo or simply ignored. Be aware this content may be graphic and it is real. It may not be suitable for children or adults triggered by this subject matter. Welcome to a bonus episode of The Things We All Carry. During the past three episodes, I have given the microphone over to Brian. Brian, as you may recall, is a retired fire captain with over 34 years of service. He and I spent four plus hours recording his story and his thoughts. One day after we recorded what we both thought was our final part, Brian reached out to me and asked if we could sit down again. I was a bit hesitant at first simply because we had so much material as it was. I asked why he felt it necessary and he replied with, I don't think I did a good enough job relaying how much I came to resent death and how I never wanted to see it again. That, of course, caught my attention and we planned another round. I initially intended to cut, edit, and paste the newest material into episode 57, which is part three of his series. But after listening to the bonus material, I decided it deserved to be a standalone episode. What follows is roughly 30 minutes of Brian sharing his thoughts on death and me stumbling as I just try to stay out of his way. I think these 30 minutes are insightful and intriguing, and I hope you find the same. A quick reminder to please help us build a community which not only recognizes, but supports each other through the struggles and recovery. Reach out through Instagram at the things we all carry or email my story at the things we all carry.com to offer support and share your story. Please remember to leave a review on iTunes and give a shout out to any first responder you know, love, or care about. Y'all enjoy the show. Oh, now you want to start. I know that, and not, not to cut you off, I'm sorry. I know that the main thing you talked about was you wanted to reiterate how much you were just tired of death. Yeah, I don't know really how to get into there. With this, there is so much that we experience that on the trauma calls get right. You get, you go out on these trauma calls and I know that it affects you and you carry a lot of those things with you. I remember some of the shittiest calls and the things that you see, but after just years upon years of running everything that starts to build up and build up on you. And you even start to remember the calls that are not even significant the and i'm collecting my thoughts here get the uh, downtime even the call the simple little basic cpr someone dying of a natural cause our job is to go out and try and intervene and do what we can but cpr doesn't work all the time but you think about that and you remember that or it starts to go into that file back there and after so many of them, it, it just, it started to build. And that's what I found what was happening to me is it was starting to build. There were three, and I guess earlier I talked about one infant that we ran, but like over the last 10 years or so, there were three infants that stuck out of my mind that I ran that suffocated to death. And I remember them. I remember their faces. I could picture it clear as I ran it yesterday for these three kids. And they were all under two months old and it sucked. But even the ones, the older people that we've run, we go out in the morning on the call, do CPR on these people and be done with it. Not bring them back, pack our stuff up and leave. 
And later on in that night, trying to go to sleep, laying there in the dark, close your eyes. And now that scene's being recreated or their face is being coming right back that image. And I can't go back to sleep or go to sleep because I'm thinking about that death earlier in the day. And the last couple of years that I was on the job, it seemed to me, it seemed like CPRs increased. They probably didn't increase, but Sundays really stick out because every Sunday morning we were running a code. Every Sunday morning that we worked, it was guaranteed. That's the first call that we're going to go out on. And then later, and it just got to the point where I was done with it. I was tired. Whether we brought the people back or didn't bring the people back, I was just sick of running death. And then also having to talk to the family members. And the worst part is talking to the family member and explaining everything that was going on at the time and what we were doing, but then, okay, we're done. We're sorry for your loss. We're packing our stuff up and we're leaving your loved one in the room and leaving the house and the police are going to help you now. And that never sat right with me ever since that policy came out that we, once a code was called by the hospital and we were told to stop, we cleaned up and we left the house. And that never sat right with me. Yeah. Cause you can set that scene for people. What at that point, what was a person is now a body and what that person looks like. It's chaos. Anybody that's listening has done CPR knows exactly what that scene looks like with trash strewn about. I mean, your driver's picking that up more than likely, or they should be, but you still have, you still, have, you have IVs in, you have IOs in, you've got King Airways in, you've got all kinds of stuff in. Yeah. And I experienced that personally when my mother-in-law passed away 2020, she lived in our county where we worked. She had a massive heart attack. They did CPR on her family room. They did get pulse back a couple of times. So they ended up transporting her to the hospital. So when my, by the time my wife and I had gotten up, up there, she was already at the hospital. They had called the code and they let us, they took us into the room with her. And she's laying there and all I can focus on is the tube coming out of her mouth. I'm looking at her and this is not my mother-in-law, but I'm also thinking to myself, I am so glad that she was transported here because it would have hurt my wife and her father that she was just left there laying in the family room if the code was called, waiting for a funeral home to come pick her up. And my father-in-law's got health issues and he's got two rooms that he goes to in the house, his bedroom and the family room. And if he had been down every day in the family room and would be down there and that's where my wife was laying for however long. Yeah. It just it never set right to me. And then to personally experience it now, I can sit there and say, I we're lucky that she was transported, but I always felt bad for the families that we packed our stuff up and left. But yeah, the death in general just started and it had been getting to me for a while and I really did not realize it. Just that building and building, it wasn't just the trauma calls, like I said, even though I remember those trauma calls because they're easy to remember, but going to funerals, whether it's someone that you know or someone that you don't know, funerals are hard. Yeah. My grandfather, I talked about my grandfather passed away back in 2015 and I was with him that whole night at the hospital. And then he died in the morning and even at his funeral at, at the wake, I did not want to go up to the casket. I did not want to go up there. I didn't want to see him like that. And it, granted it's a loved one, but I have found that with funerals just in general, they're hard to go to. And that 
increase as the years went by with the more death you saw on the job? Or is that just something that's always bothered you? Because funerals are weird to begin with. Yeah, they are. I think it got worse as the years on the job. It got worse because I don't remember that when my grandmother passed back in 07. I don't remember that. I know Kyle's funeral is really hard to go to, but different circumstances there. Yeah, I wanted to go to my aunt's funeral, but didn't go to that. We covered that. No, it just, anything having to do with death got harder and harder to deal with. Even to the point where I didn't even watch, want to watch TV shows or movies that had something to do with it, that had death in it. I'm like, the movies that everybody sits here and quotes things from Backdraft, Ladder 49. I had no desire to watch those fucking movies at all, which the things that happen in those movies are apparent, but TV shows like Rescue Me at the Firehouse, the crew would want to watch that sometimes at dinner. And I had no desire to watch that those TV shows, but they put them in, play them, watch them during dinner. I'd eat my dinner and then go to my office and do something because I just I could not watch that show. And it's hard to explain, or I guess to put it in words so other people can understand it, but it was just something that I couldn't watch. Yeah, I just do my thing. I don't watch it at home. My, my home show, everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, There's we talked about simple, that. Something we, simple. We talked about that earlier, and we, it was off the microphone, is that you're watching that re on repeat, basically, because you know exactly what's coming up. But it's also, it's light, it's comic, and it doesn't make you think about anything else, at least job related. It even takes something, watching something like similar to that takes the stress of everyday life off of you. And you just forget about things. You're able to sit back and relax and let's put your mind somewhere and laugh a little bit. And that's laughter helps. Humor helps. I think that's something that I lack a lot of in my life. The happiness part. I remember we're sitting down with therapists and I got asked once, when was the last time you were happy? I have no fucking clue. Honestly, don't know. Happiness is just something that you say, but when was the last time that I was truly happy? And I don't know. I don't remember. I do know that it's exhausting pretending to be happy, especially when you're going through a lot of shit and you got a lot of things on your mind and you go to work or you're around people and you try very hard to be, I don't want to say normal, but just to be into it with everybody. It's exhausting. It takes a lot out of you. Yeah, you wear a facade and that facade takes a ton of energy to keep up because you, you're trying to cover every angle. Yeah. And, um, that I know, but I can't answer the other question. Yeah. One of the things that I did not only realize on my own, but also just sitting down talking with the therapist is that just all the death over the years really came up and started just building and bothering me. And it would manifest itself and the nightmares or even the thoughts that pop into your mind when you lay down and close your eyes. And it didn't even have to be about a call or somebody that we ran. I could lay down and all of a sudden, without even trying to think about it, it would pop into my mind of something happening to a loved one, of them dying. And they think to yourself, where in the fuck does this come from? I wasn't trying to think about this. I don't want to think about this. I feel guilty about thinking about this, but it would happen. And that's, you got to learn to deal with it and realize it's not real, but it does start to eat at you after all, when it happens over and over again, it really starts to bother you. And I truly, I believe that we are out there. We do our best that we can to help anyone that calls. But after a while, at least for me, 
or is this only so much of it you can deal with? Only so much of it you can take. Just the amount of death that you see over the years, and it's hard to even count, you know, how much of it there is, but it just builds and it starts affecting, it starts to wear you down. And there's only so much of it you can take. And then you add that on top of stresses from work, dealing with the BS that you get, that we all have to deal with at work, family things, personal things in your mind. I mean, all those things together build up and then finally they overflow. Yeah. You look at that in the totality of it all. And, and it's no surprise that you have so many issues that we all have, not all, I won't say all, but the majority of the firefighters or first responders have, be it drinking, just stupid behaviors or divorces or whatever, it takes a toll on you and it has to go somewhere. And if we're not talking to somebody and we're not expressing it and we're not doing what we need to do to take care of ourselves, it manifests itself somehow, rears its ugly head somehow. Yeah. And even talking to somebody where it, it does help. I know there are firefighters out there that have talked to somebody and gone through some counseling, but it was just what they were going through was so overwhelming that they end up taking their own lives. And I understand that. I hate that, you know, that's happening, but I understand it. And I wish it would stop. There is, like I said, it can get better and it will get better. You just got to stick with it. I still struggle with things, not every day, but I still struggle with stuff. I'm, I'll lay down at night and something will pop into my head. But it's also knowing what to do with it, knowing that it's not real, knowing that you're doing the best that you can for your family. And these are images and thoughts because of what you've done with, through your life. They're not real. And you do, you got to put them someplace, not put them someplace else, but you deal with them right there at that moment and you work through it and they do fade away. At least for me, they do. But yeah, it just, it's. It's hard to work through, especially when it seems like it's so overwhelming, but it is something that can be worked through. I think the word overwhelming is such a, I don't know what, I, I, the word overwhelming is so specific to the person. And that's what we all need to remember is like, what was overwhelming for you was might've been, or what wasn't overwhelming for you was probably well overwhelming for somebody else or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. We so all have that, our different story. Right. We have our, our own story and how things affect each one of us individually. And it, our story is our story and we all deal with things in a different way and look at things in a different way, but it, I'm not even sure how to put this into words, to be honest with you, or where I'm going with it. It's, I just know that it can be worked through. It really can be worked through. You just got to separate like uh, what I did instead of trying to deal with everything all at once, I dealt with little things, started dealing with little things at a time, the drinking, I dealt with that separately from everything else. I knew the drinking was affecting and making things worse. So me stopping drinking and deal with that allows me now to be able to take another piece of what was going on or what was going through my mind and deal with it separately. When I was, what, did the EMDR, EMDR, we took care of certain things that I was having nightmares, break it down and deal with little pieces at a time, instead of trying to deal with everything all at once, because you're not going to get anywhere dealing with a problem, a huge problem and everything all at once. 
But if you break it down, you start dealing with the little things one at a time, it makes it a whole lot easier to work through. And once you get rid of that one, now we can go on to the next one. And that's what I have found that works for me. I think there's a pretty good point there. When you take the drinking out of it, you start to get some clarity too. Yeah. And I made a point too, because I had tried marijuana to help me with the sleeping thing. Cause it, it did. I was using edibles to be able to get go to sleep at night. But I also made the decision that, you know what, I'm going to do this with nothing. I don't want anything out in my system to deal with this. I'm going to deal with this with nothing. So that I haven't tried that a couple of times. It was no button. Like I had to have that to go to sleep or anything like that. The alcohol was a big one. That was a big hurdle to stop. And now that I stopped that, there is the clarity to be able to deal with the things that, that I've been dealing with over the years, I can deal with them one at a time and put them in, put them in perspective and work through them. So it makes a whole lot, it does make it a whole lot easier. So I, I, the other day we had a rookie start and it was his first day on our shift and hey, he's early twenties and I think the second call, second or third call of his career is bam, dead body. And I thought about it. I thought about what we were talking about, what we've, what we've been talking about. And you take that in, into consideration, this guy's 24 years old, say, and his first or second call is a dead body. And then you start adding that up. How often is he going to see that? And where we run, he's probably going to see it pretty often. And in the part of the county that, that I'm running with right now, he's probably going to see one a shift at least, if not more. And so I guess my point is, where would you tell these guys to put that when they when they deal with it at that age? What do they do with that? Talk about it. If it bothers you, go to one of the, someone that you're working with, that you have that relationship with and talk about it. If it's bothering you, don't put it somewhere. Don't hide it. Don't go shoving it down because it's going to come back up again. I had a rookie that came to our rig and I was off the day, there was a bad accident on the interstate and car caught on fire and guy ended up burning up inside car and our engine company was the one that put that car fire out and there he's new to the job and sees this dead guy burnt up in a car and I got, I know that they were there. I called and talked to a tech two that was riding off, sir, and said, Hey, did you talk to him? Make sure he's doing all right. See if anything is bothering him or whatever. And then when I got back to work our next shift, I touched base with him to make sure he was doing okay with that and what he saw. And we, I wanted to make sure that he wasn't going to have later on nightmares or anything like that. The best thing to do is if it's bothering you, talk about it to somebody. Don't let it just sit there and fester and put it away. And that goes back to what you're saying as well. You were his captain and you knew that call and you were aware enough to call the fill in officer for the day and say, Hey, how's he doing? Talk to him. And then you talk to him yourself. It, I guess my point is, is we need more officers and more leaders that are proactive in that, not just, all right, let's rock on to the next call. Yeah. And even for someone new coming into the fire service, just going to a CPR and doing CPR, we all know that first time, a lot of us can remember that first time we did CPR and you start doing compressions on somebody. And the feeling, and you're looking down at them. It sucks. And you remember that. I can feel it in my shoulders every time <laughs> I do. I can remember every time I've broken through ribs that you can feel it in your shoulders. You don't lose that feeling. No. And you don't, and you don't lose the sight of their face and the color of their skin and position of the body. You just don't lose those memories and feelings. Yeah. And our job is to go out there and intervene in death or intervene in a medical emergency or, or 
fire or whatever it is and to stop that from happening. That's our job. But we also got to do a better job at intervening in our own mental health or, our own, or and ourselves and making sure that we can continue doing these things. I would have loved to have been able to stay on the job. I knew two years ago, especially once I got out of the center of excellence, I was done. It was time to retire. And I would have retired then if I had the time. But I stayed on two more years because of the way the retirement system works. And that sucks having to do that. It really sucks. Because I think the extra two years while I was doing good, things that happened in those two years set me back again. And my original plan was to go out around 28. I don't know if I would have hit 30 years or not, but at least 28 years on the job. That was my original plan. Instead, I did 25. And if you want to have a long career and enjoy a long career, you got to be open-minded enough to realize what's happening with you or if things are bothering you. And then have someone to be able to discuss it with or talk to. And even if it's just having to go in and seeing a therapist and just getting those feelings out, going home and talking to someone at home, that's sometimes hard to do. I didn't like bringing the things that I saw home and wanting to discuss it with my wife and then put her through that and have her to go, oh yeah, we had this baby and go into all that because I didn't want to traumatize her. So it is easier, I think, for us to talk to each other about stuff and be more open about it. But there's also a fear sometimes of being, how are you going to be looked at? And I can see that coming from a, a new person because I went through that years ago. We didn't talk about things when I first started to fire or being a firefighter. And I thought that was normal. But if I did want to talk about something, I didn't know how to bring that subject up. And just like I wanted to talk about when Mike Pennington was shot and killed, I wanted to talk to someone about that because that was a difficult call to go through, but I didn't know who to talk to. And the one person I thought I could talk about it with didn't seem to want to talk about it. So I didn't push it anymore. So it does. So you do, you got to have somebody or multiple people that you can sit down and talk with. And that's also upon the company officer too. When you do run shitty calls, coming back and just getting everybody together and say, Hey, look, I know this call sucked. Let's sit down here real quick and go through it. And if you need anything, just know I'm here for you. The one thing you talked about is like, you say the CPRs and, and the first one you run or those chaotic calls where it's only chaotic from the outside. For, if, a, if a call is run properly, it might look chaotic, but everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody's got a role and they're fulfilling their roles. And we had another one of those with this rookie and it was an overdose. And so everybody's doing their thing. They're getting a line started, getting the med box up. They're getting the Narcan out. They're doing this, they're doing that. And I look over and this, and the rookie is wide-eyed and he's not, he doesn't know where he fits in. He's trying to figure out what to do. And you could see that he's on this, I don't know, maybe precipice is too elaborate of a word to use, but I would say it's a prep precipice of, do I jump in or do I not? Do I jump in or do I not? And finally I just reached over, I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, it looks crazy. But remember, you've got one job and that's to go talk to that patient, go get his vitals and start doing that. Just, you know what you're doing, get in there, take over. It was like that encouragement and making sure he could just calm down and get into the call and then talk to him afterwards. And that's, I think that's the key is that kind of making sure that they're calm and collected and then talk to them as well afterwards. Yeah. And I brought it up earlier. 
when we had gotten some new people transferred in our firehouse and we'd go out on CPRs and they were chaotic and they weren't going the way they should have been going. And our medic would come back, the medicated would come back and go, okay, guys, can we sit down and talk real quick? We need to fix this because things aren't going the way they should be going. And we did, we sat down, we talked about it. Everybody knows that they've got a job to do from the company officer on down to just the backseat firefighter. Everybody's got a job to do. Once we started working on it, we talked about it, trained on it, and they become more efficient. And you just fall into place. And that's, that's part of bringing the company together. It's training together and everything. And that's everybody knowing what their role is. And it is confusing, especially from someone from the outside, even when everything is going perfect and looks like it's going, and you know, it's going perfect. The person standing on the outside of it looks at it and it's chaos. Yeah. And that's where that person, somebody in that circle is telling that family member what's going on and trying to calm them down and, and reassure them that everything is going according to what we need it to go. Yeah. And, and that's that role you talked about. You get old, not old, you get tired of talking to families and talking them through the CPRs. Because they're trying to grapple with the idea that, okay, my loved one is either dead or dying, which we all know that they're dead. If we're doing CPR, we're trying to bring them back. And so you're trying to not instill false hope, but also assure them that, that what we're trying to do is going the right way. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. And I never, I always tried to make sure that I use things or not tell our, tell a family member that, oh yeah, we're going to. We're going to bring them back. We're going to bring them, but never anything like that. But it was hard to pick the right words to talk to them about what's going on with their loved one and what we're doing and why we're doing the things that we're doing because they look at it and they don't understand. They just think, cause they see it on TV, we're going to come in and we're going to perform a miracle and they're going to, their loved one's going to jump up and Hey, what happened? And that's not, that's not what always happens. It doesn't have, that doesn't happen really at all. Cause I've seen it with an overdose. I've had somebody get Narcan and then jump up pissed off, but in your typical code, the people will jump up. If you bring them back, wow. yeah, we're still taking them to the hospital and getting them treated at the hospital. But, uh, and then that's that sometimes you don't even hear the, the outcome. No. And unless you have medics who, who pay attention or inquiring about the patient's condition when they get back to the hospital. Sometimes we never hear the outcome and that kind of sticks with me as well. It's like, I don't know if that person's alive or dead. Yeah. And you do carry that and then the next call comes in and it builds on and builds on. But, and I think, I don't even know where I want to go with this. I think it is good to know what happened because you do have that sense of accomplishment when you know that somebody is doing better in the hospital and you hear that a few days or weeks later, they walk out of the hospital. That's really great. But we all know that when we go to these codes, the majority of the time, they're not going to be walking out of the hospital. And no. that does suck. And that's why it is important when those things start building on you to have that someone to talk to. Cause a death is hard to deal with, whether it's death of a loved one or death of someone that you don't know, like I said before, it builds up over time and it does start to fuck with your mind and it becomes harder and harder to deal with. And it doesn't have to be the traumatic death, which we, those are the easy ones to remember. The hard ones, the ones that you don't remember, the ones that you run at the everyday CPRs or the everyday just 
someone passes away because of natural causes, but they add into that file cabinet and they add into your memory and you remember those, or they build upon what you're already going through. So talk to somebody. Yeah, that's important. What else? What other advice? I think really the important thing is to realize when something's happening, when you're going through stuff and to get that help. And if you don't know where to turn to somebody that you trust and ask them here, I'm dealing with something. You don't necessarily need to go through what you're dealing with or tell them, but just tell them I'm dealing with something. And I think I need to talk to someone who can I turn to because there's resources out there. You don't necessarily, there, there are resources, resources out there and it's easy just through a phone call to get you hooked up, at least, you know, where we are to get you hooked up with somebody and pointed in the right direction. And it doesn't have to be out for everybody to know. I know a lot of people are, including myself, I didn't want everybody to know what I was going through. I was a little bit feeling ashamed about it, feeling weak, thinking that, you know, myself that, okay, this job shouldn't be getting to me, but it is starting to get to me. And it was hard to deal with on my own. I didn't want everybody else in my business, but it can be done to where not everybody knows what you're going through or that you're going to go get somebody or go talk to somebody. Your privacy and personal business is your personal business and it can be kept quiet just between you and someone else and then whoever it is that you go to talk to. You don't have to worry about everybody at your company or even in the department knowing what is going on. Help is out there and it can be personal and private. It should be personal and private unless you choose not to. And I've been pretty vocal about my therapy and not everyone wants to be vocal about their therapy, but I think that the people that, I think it helps to alleviate the stigma is it, the more of us that talk about it and are open about it, hopefully the more people will start utilizing it through their career. Yeah. And I don't care how long you've been on the job, how good at the job you are, what your reputation is, things bother all of us and it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to get help with it. And I think it's even better if you do say, Hey, things built up on me and I went and got help. It is okay. To, it's okay. It's normal. I went and got help. And if you normalize it like that, then even the newest guy in the company or even someone who's got the 25, 30, 40 years on the job, they'll really, it, it's okay to go get help. It doesn't matter. You're not any less of a person because something bothers you. We all have shit that bothers us. You know, it, whether it's the job related or not job related. And sometimes you just need to talk to someone about it and it's okay to go do it. And by opening up and talking about it in this forum, and what you're doing, you're letting everybody know that, Hey, it's all right. And it needs to be done because if it doesn't, if you don't go and do it, then you're going to end up in a situation like I was where everything blew up and I had to have three people, three very good friends who gave a shit intervene. And that was a lot on them to do that. And for me to put them through that, because 
I was lost. And even though I had started going to talk to somebody, I'd seeked out a therapist on my own at that time and had gone and saw him a couple of times prior to this, but I was already getting to that point where it was bad. And it was, it was building and building. And it got to the point where I didn't realize how bad it was building, but everybody else saw on the outside. And you don't want to get to that point. I didn't want to get to that point, but I did. And I'm glad I had three people that intervened. I right? <laughs> very thankful for that. It needed to be done. And I, we had talked before, I had a friend at that point in time too, I had a friend that was going through some stuff and I really wanted to be able to help him, but I couldn't help him because I couldn't help myself. And I felt so freaking guilty because I couldn't do anything, but listen to him, but I couldn't do anything at all to help because I was, you know, I need to help myself. And it's, it sucks to look back on it and know that I got to that point, but also something was done and I was open to what I was told and what I knew what I needed to do. And I listened to what I was being told, Hey, you need to go get help. You need to talk to somebody and you need to go do this. And I did it and I'm glad I did it. I knew it deep down that I needed it, but also I was open-minded enough to take that in and listen to these people and say, Hey, you're absolutely right. So it is, it's important for us to take care of ourselves. If we recognize it early, jump on it. And that's a key is trying to recognize it early. If you don't recognize it early and someone comes to you and says, Hey, I'm worried about you. I think you need to go sit down and talk with someone, be open-minded enough to listen to it and give it a try. Because if somebody on the outside is seeing something that you're going through, it, there's something there. And be open-minded to at least go and sit down and talk to a therapist a couple of times. And then, like I had said before, something that I didn't do was opening up enough with a therapist because of trust or whatever the case is, open up and actually talk, get it out. Cause if you don't, you're not helping yourself. You're just wasting your time and your way. I mean, that therapist is there to help you and they want to help, but if you don't open up, you're not going to get everything out and. You're wa you're, you are wasting your time. You gotta be open. Like I said before, open-minded and, uh, and working through it. Anything else to add? Nah, I don't think so. I'm losing track. All right. There's a lot of stuff that we covered in that last, however long it was. That was that's a point though, it doesn't matter what it is. There's just so much shit in this job and then personally that can build up and explode and just be open to going and getting help if you need it. Perfect. Blender right there. Cool. Then you can go and break it up and tear it apart as how you <laughs> want to tear it apart. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Things We All Carry. Head over to the website, thethingsweallcarry.com for show notes, resources, and to sign up for the newsletter. Until next week, take care of yourselves and remember to check in on each other.